Welcome to the Every Believer Witness Podcast. This is Evan Finch, and I'm glad you have joined us today. I believe you'll be blessed as Dennis shares. What is a trunk? Dennis talks about the importance of knowing the context and reading the Bible. Hello again, as we continue to talk about how to actually enjoy being a Christian. And we've been talking the last several podcasts about the importance of of studying and obeying your Bible daily. We, we looked at five major reasons why we need to do it. And then last week, we began to talk about how to study your Bible. And we talked about, number one, set up a, a time. I have a scheduled set time every day to select a spot or a place, to use an easy-to-read translation, and then to read systematically. Don't just jump around. Today, we come to the fifth principle about how to study your Bible, and that is move from reading devotionally to actually studying. And that's where I kind of talk to you too about uh, about a, a study Bible. Uh, it can help. It's not necessary always, but I think it can be a big help. Do you remember when we had on one of the previous podcasts this picture of a little baby with a bottle? You know, if you walked into a nursery and you saw a baby uh, in diapers holding a bottle up, you wouldn't think much about it. But if you walked into the child care nursery at your church uh, to pick up your child this Sunday, and beside that baby with a bottle, you saw this guy with a bottle. And this is a grown man with a diaper and a tie on, but with a baby bottle. And sad to say, that's the way a lot of believers are. When I was a salesman before I came to know Christ, there was a saying that we often referred to. Someone would say, how long have you been a salesman? Someone would say, 12 years. And then they would say, have you been a salesman for 12 years? Or have you been a salesman for one year, 12 times? In other words, had you gotten to a point, but you never progressed past that? And the same thing's true in following Jesus. There are a lot of us that have logged a whole lot of years, chronological time, in, in serving Jesus. But maybe we haven't logged that growth time in serving Jesus. Um, so it's important that we grow up, that we move from studying devotionally and reading devotionally to actually studying. That's where you move from milk to meat and then eventually to strong meat. Principle number six, consider the context, context, context. It's so important. This is why reading systematically helps. When you're reading the Bible, you don't, you can't just take a verse out of the context in which it was written. Someone has said a text taken out of context is a pretext. In other words, I can kind of justify anything I've won if I just pick a verse out of the Bible. And we're going to talk more about that in a minute. But let me talk to you about how important context is. Let's think about the word, the English word, trunk. If I ask you, and I love to do this when I'm teaching live, I'll say, uh, somebody raise your hand and give me a definition of the word trunk. And somebody will mention, well, it's the back end of a car. Yes. I'll say, somebody else give me another definition. And someone say, well, it's a, it's a storage container. You're going to put things in the trunk. I'll say, yes. Someone else give me a definition. And they'll say, well, it's the long snout on an elephant. An elephant has a trunk. Yes. Someone else can me another definition of trunk. 
Uh, that's when uh, you see a tree, and a tree has not just branches, but you have a tree trunk. When I'm reading English document and I see the word trunk, how do I know which one of those it's referring to? The context. And that's why it's so important to, to consider the context of what you're reading. I have Christian brothers and sisters, people, godly people, people that I love, who believe that it's God's desire to heal everyone of physical sickness right now in this life. Um, and, they, and they use so often 1 Peter 2, 24, which says, by his stripes, you are healed. And they'll say, healing's in the atonement, by his stripes you're healed, and so healing's for today. Now, that, that quote of by his stripes you're healed comes from Isaiah 53, and it does say by his stripes we're healed. But if you read in the Gospel of Matthew, where Jesus went out healing, literally healing sick people, it says, then the scripture was fulfilled by his stripes were healed. In other words, Jesus in his earthly ministry, when he healed people, he fulfilled that scripture. Now, I want you to listen carefully. I believe in divine healing. I have personally seen people sick, deathly sick, that were healed in an answer to prayer and asking God. I believe that. Sometimes God may just, may just sovereignly, even without prayer, do it. I believe that. But it's important that we don't take a verse out of context in the Bible to justify healing. For example, 1 Peter chapter 2, we're not going to turn to it, but you can turn to it. The context of 1 Peter 2, 21 to 25, is salvation. The whole passage is about salvation. And so when it says, by his stripes you're healed, it's not talking about our physical healing. It's talking about our spiritual healing. And so that's why it's important to consider the context. Here's another reason to consider the context. Do you know much of this Bible was addressed to the Jewish people? Um, and, and there were a lot of, of promises there. And then there are also principles. We call them Proverbs. You remember how I've been talking to you about reading the book of Proverbs? Um, think about Proverbs. Proverbs are principles. Promises are absolute assurances. So think about the book of Proverbs. Proverbs says, if you train up a child the way he should go, he won't depart from it. Now, let me ask you this. Have you not seen godly parents, not perfect parents, because there weren't any of those except the Heavenly Father in the Garden of Eden. Have you not seen godly parents who have children that turn out not to be godly. Parents who did all they could to bring their child upright. And then sometimes we see parents that have no interest in things of God, and one of their children becomes a Christ follower, a Jesus follower, and they live a godly life. Now, it is a principle that if in my home I train my child up, I, I teach them about Jesus, I live for Jesus, they see Jesus in me, there's a principle. But see, principles work most all the time. For example, there's the principle of gravity. If I were to hold this remote up and drop it or just let go of it, it would drop because of the principle of gravity. But suppose I was in a spaceship and I let go of it. Would it drop? No, it would float around. Think about this. Does paper burn? Yes, it does. But what about if there's insufficient oxygen to support combustion? 
What about if it's soaking wet? See, the principle is it burns, but it's a principle. It's not a all the time, every time. And there are many things in the Bible that are principles, but there are others that are promises. Here's a good promise. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. In other words, anyone who's willing to turn from their sin, turn to the Savior, the Lord Jesus, that loved them and died for them and rose again, if they'll place their faith in him, call upon his name, all that he is, then they will be saved. That's a promise that you can take to the bank. And then here's, a, here's another reason to consider the context. Many parts of the Bible, predominantly the Old Testament, but not exclusively the Old Testament, we can always draw application, but the interpretation in the Old Testament was to Israel, the nation of Israel. For example, in Deuteronomy chapter 28, God told the Israelites when they went out of Egypt and came into the promised land, that if they would obey him, they wouldn't get the diseases that the Egyptians had. Their crops would not fail. Their animals and people wouldn't miscarry. In other words, he promised material, physical blessings for obedience to his people Israel. But you come to the church, the New Testament, followers of Jesus Christ. Paul wrote to Timothy, and he said in 1 Timothy 6, warn people that want to be rich, that uh, they're really getting in a lot of trouble. They fall into a snare when, they, when they're after money. A little later in the chapter, he said, warn those that are rich. You see, there's some believers that have more material prosperity than others, um, but the fact is, there's no guarantee about that. Two last principles quickly. Number seven, meditate on the scriptures. Uh, in other words, don't just read it. As you begin to read it, stop and take time to meditate. Say, God, what does this mean? Years ago, we had our three of our grandchildren over at our house, and they would eat so fast. They'd just like wolf their food down. And so you can tell this was years ago. I offered them a reward for chewing their food and eating slowly. And I said, all right, Zachary Lyland Grace, if you'll chew each bite of food 20 times before you swallow it, I'm going to give you a dollar. Today, I'd have to give them 20 bucks or more, I guess. But I remember, I could see at the table, uh, Grace was at the end of the table, and she's sitting there. She had her legs crossed at the chair at the table, and she starts to chew. She puts a bite in her mouth. She goes to choose 20 chews, swallows it. She puts another bite in her mouth. She chews it 20 times, swallows it. After about three or four bites, she said, gee, Daddy, I feel like a cow. You know, a cow that chews the cud? That's kind of what this word meditate means. In other words, you, you think about it. Um, you may remember Psalm chapter 1, which says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night. Um, he, he just he doesn't just read through it, he meditates on it and it talks about that he'll be stable, be like a tree planted by waters, whatever he does prospers. So you see, you want to meditate on the scriptures. It's not like well, I'm supposed to read one chapter a day here and one there and I got to read this. I want to ask God to let it soak in. And then lastly, pray and ask God for understanding. Peter said, there are a lot of things in Paul's writings that are hard to be understood. And, and you come to places that are hard to be understood. Jesus said this, 
to his disciples. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, the Holy Spirit, he will guide you into all the truth. That's why we talked about in previous podcasts about if you're going to actually enjoy being a Christian, deal with sin daily because I want to have the Holy Spirit in control so I can say, fill me, Holy Spirit, and help me understand your word. You're the teacher, and I want to hear from you. And I pray you'll be reading at least a chapter in the New Testament and a chapter in the Old or a chapter from Proverbs every day till our next podcast. We want to encourage you to help us train more and more believers to share the good news of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Your gifts to the ministry help us do that, as well as produce these podcasts and other training videos. Will you consider a tax-deductible gift to every believer or witness? Thank you.